right, welcome to the Shoe or Pass podcast. As always, this is Chevy. You can follow me at Baseline Chevy on the Twitter machine. It feels like we were just here the other day talking about the anticipation of the playoffs, but first, we've got a play-in tournament. What is this you say? Well, have no fear. The Shoe or Pass crew is here today to discuss the play-in tournament. We'll unfold our predictions, opinions, and all that good stuff. But first, we've got a special guest who just debuted his new podcast the 10 here at baseline times one of our contributors mr cody Gunn. how are you doing cody what's up man welcome yeah, to the show yeah thanks for having me on guys happy to be here love the podcast and happy to be starting my own and hey we got a we got an nba edition of the 10 coming out tomorrow morning on tuesday so if you're checking this out then you need to also check out the 10 because it's already out yes sir well cody welcome in uh, as always my, the other favorite co-host here at Baseline Times, Robbie Gabe. What's going on? You guys okay? Are we ready for this excitement? I'm thrilled. I know. It's about time. I mean, damn, it's been a miserable Finally, season. some basketball Jesus. that actually matters. Real basketball. No scrubs playing 30 minutes a game and people sitting down. Let's get to business. This sounds like, sounds like you're a fantasy problem that you have there, Gabe. The, well, you know. <laughs> No, I'm excited. You know, as we got and turned the corner on Sunday, these games came about. I was really excited to know that quite possibly, I think the odds are that it probably wouldn't happen. But out of that seven to eight game, uh, seven seed and eight game seed um, that's going to be played, it's you lose twice, you're out. You have a second chance of redemption. I kind of just like realized that for a second here. So I think it's interesting. But just knowing that some team could be eliminated like after one game is, is, is pretty it's pretty thrilling and exciting. You know, Cody, you and I were talking about March Madness about a couple months ago, and it kind of almost feels like with that excitement this week um, to the point where, like, I'm not even focused on the NBA playoffs. So I think the NBA is really pushing this play-in tournament really hard. It's coming together really well. Um, first and foremost here, though, we'll start off with our moods. Um, Cody, we'll let you go first, man. Is there anything that happened in the NBA in the last week or so that describes how you feel right now at this moment? Ha! <laughs> uh... I mean, I guess a little bit, you know, seeing what Golden State was able to do yesterday and, and Seth Curry really, you know, exploding onto the scene. I, I think the way he wrapped up the season was kind of the way, you know, the mood kind of shifts, you know, where you see that and you go, okay, well, now this is, you know, playoff Steph. He's getting started early. And now we kind of move into this new feel, you know, the season has dragged on. It feels like the NBA season has been going on for like two straight years. And I mean, it, it's to the point where a lot of people are already, you know, you can see the NFL talk picking up. You know, when the Aaron Rodgers news broke, it was like everybody was completely done with the NBA. Like, oh, you know what? We're done with this. Let's move on. Where's Aaron Rodgers going? Who cares? Now, with what happens with Steph Curry kind of exploding and we get to how you mentioned the, the play-in tournament, say whatever you want about the play-in tournament, it does add that little bit of flavor to the beginning of the playoffs. So I, I think, you know, watching him had that explosion, that big win for Golden State, getting them to that big play-in format game against the Lakers. Uh, it, it makes you kind of feel a little rejuvenated, a little more excited for playoff basketball. I, I myself have not really paid a lot of attention to actually watching games this last month, month and a half. Uh, but now I'm definitely interested to see what happens with these playing games. Uh, you know, the one year they've done it, you know, it kind of got it wasn't the teams we expected. So now we'll see what happens this year. So I'll be honest, I, I'm, a, I'm a little I'm a little excited to get to the playoffs. About two weeks ago, I, I wondered if it would take me an extra week or so, but nope, I'm ready to go. I'm excited. Yeah, I, I'm in the same boat. That's a good mood. That's really good. Robbie, you, let's start with you over here. You, you, got, you, got a, you got a good mood? I am the Nets bench after Blake Griffin threw that ridiculous oh. behind-the-back pass while spinning 
which led to a dunk by Kevin Durant on the other end. I think Ian Eagle called it the razzle-dazzle. You even saw the ref smiling on that play. I mean, if if that's all Blake Griffin's going to be doing during the playoffs, I think I got to jump on the Nets bandwagon. Ooh. Oh, Gabe, I'll let you go, man. I like that one. Just kidding. I'm not jumping on the Nets bandwagon ever. Oh. Go Heat. Oh. <laughs> well, you know me. I got to show the women some love. I am Sabrina Ionescu. So the Liberty played the Indiana Fever opening day. Tough game back and forth. She hits a game one and three. She is the Luka Doncic of the WNBA, 25-11-6. She's feeling good. And I'm feeling good, too, because... We get some real basketball, man. You know, the last few weeks, it's just been random guys like Chikiwe Okubuunu. Who, who the fuck is that guy? But it's like guys getting 40 minutes a game scoring like double-doubles and stuff. I'm like, I never heard of this guy. But either way, I'm just excited. The playoffs are finally here, or at least the playing games are here. You know, I'm ready to go. That's what's up. Yo, I, I like this. This is a good vibe because I woke up this morning feeling the same way. I, I You know, it, this is this is good. Um. You know, my mood is definitely, in, in, a, in a sense, basketball-related, NBA-related. Uh, my mood is Vanessa Bryant, man. Um, I really wanted to give her a huge shout-out at the end of the show, but I, you know, I figured I'd do the mood first. Um, just everything from the Hall of Fame, enshrinement, everything, the, uh, the, the posts on Instagram, um, the support that she has, her support system. That, that's a good mood to have, man. I really just honor greatness, and I feel like, that, that was great. That was the most impressive thing over the weekend while, you know, basketball closed up the season and, and getting to see that. So, yeah, you know, at, man, just boss boss lady moves too, I think, with her, you know, speaking of the women, Gabe. So that's my shout out there. That's my NBA mood uh, for coming into this play-in tournament. But I'm excited, guys. This is good stuff. Shoot or pass. All right, let's get into a round of shoot or pass here. You guys know the drill. I'll read a statement. If we agree with the statement, we will shoot. If we disagree with the statement, we will pass. First shoot or pass here. Even if they went on to win it all, a loss to the Warriors in the play-in tournament would tarnish the Lakers' championship run. <laughs> shoot or pass. Uh, Cody, we'll let you go first here, my friend. Shoot or pass. Well, I, don't, I don't think it really tarnishes it, so I'll, I'll pass here. I think the Lakers have just never really been able to mesh this year with all the handful of injuries. You know, last year what was just such a crazy time and just a wild sequence. But at the end of the day, all lies were on the Lakers. The Lakers felt the pressure. I think they did what they needed to do in 2020. Moving on here to 2021, you know, it's just not been about the Lakers this season. There's been so many things really passed them by. And I would be really impressed, even if they were to get past the Warriors, it would really impress me to see them get out of the first round. So. Uh, to be honest, I, I passed. I don't think it does anything uh, to tarnish their championship run. Uh, I just think this has been two completely different seasons for the Lakers. Yeah, I'm going to say pass to, simply put, a healthy Braun and um, AD, the Warriors are not beating them. However, LeBron was injured in the last game. He went on with an ankle injury. But, um, but even in LeBron's advanced age, this guy, you know, he's been out of the first round every single year of the playoffs. So I don't expect that to start now, even at age 36. I feel like, you know, they're just too much for the Warriors. Obviously, health is an issue, but I feel like, yeah, it's overblown. They will get past the Warriors. Let's not worry. But what if they didn't get past the Warriors? But what if they didn't and they went on to win another championship? (laughs) Do we, you know, do we think that there's an argument here? Like if the Lakers were to lose to the Warriors this week? 
win the championship, you're going to tell me that nobody is going to try and hold this, this loss to the Warriors over LeBron's head saying, you know, yeah, you got another ring, but you couldn't beat Steph to get to it this time. I think this is a more valid argument to make than the argument that there should be an asterisk next to the the Lakers title run last season because they were playing in a bubble. I don't know. Just saying. And if you think about it, would we be arguing this if any of the other playing teams were to win a title after losing their first game? No, probably not. But this is the Lakers, the team who just won the championship, the team with LeBron and Anthony Davis, and the team that should have absolutely no problem beating Steph and the Warriors. So, I mean, to stir the pot here and to piss Chevy off and rile him up, I'm going to say shoot. <laughs> what? <laughs> but that's insane. I, you know what? It's funny because I've been searching across the web to see what kind of excuse people will come up with if the Lakers lose on Wednesday night. And that is it, Robbie. You came up with the, the number one most sophisticated reason so far. Of course, I'm going to go ahead and pass on this. When you when you win a chip, man, I think this is going to be the hardest title pass for the, the Lakers and LeBron James in his career. I really, I really will say that and go on record of saying that. So <laughs> I'm pat. No, I, it's even if, if they lose that, you how can you say that Steph Curry is going to be? You can't can't beat Steph Curry. Wow. Let me let me interject. Also, remember when the Warriors won these championships. Every single year, a point guard went down. Kyrie went down. Chris Paul went down. And like I say, if LeBron's injured, it's another built-in excuse for the Warriors. They ain't shit when people are injured. I'm just saying. All right, but real quick, I'll survey the field here. Are we expecting the Lakers fully healthy to win this game, like, hands down? Like, Robbie, Gabe, Cody, are we feeling, are we feeling Golden State anybody? This uh, I will. I do think. I do think Golden State's one of the hotter teams right now. And I mean, if Steph Curry has another game where he's putting up forty-five, fifty, I mean, I don't care how healthy LeBron and AD have to be. It's going to have to be someone else. So I, I still think the Lakers fully healthy. They're the better team, but the better team doesn't always win when it comes to playoff time. So I think it's an interesting matchup. I agree. I I can agree with that. I think the background too of this this series is that it it really depends. Because you're going to get this game bef- uh, after the fact of the Grizzlies and Spurs, right? Yeah. And I think both are inferior to Golden State and, and the Lakers handily. But if Golden State knows, hey, we got, we got the Grizzlies next, which I think obviously they'll win um, if they beat them. And the Spurs, obviously, uh, I think they'll win that game too. So if you're Golden State, you're down a certain amount, you know, third, fourth quarter. Do you, do you wave the white flag and say, all right, we'll play one more game. We know we'll get in. I think both teams will get into the, the playoffs eventually. But what I think would happen is I think that's a strategy Golden State can play out, or it is a close game. Steph's going on, going on for 40, 50 points, and at the end, it comes down to that three-point shot, and it, it's Steph Curry either winning the game or maybe, you know, it's, it's a LeBron AD stop or some, some – Kyle Kuzma making a big defensive play, Gabe, your favorite player. So we'll see what happens. Mm. <laughs> The big thing is, though, you're sure, playing yeah. for an extra day of rest, too. So, I mean, I don't think you wave the exactly. white flag and have to go risk playing another game against a fast-paced team like Memphis. I think if it's anywhere right. in striking range, you got to go for it to just secure your spot and start getting ready to prepare for Phoenix. Because, I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. So, I definitely think yeah, there's, yeah. there's nobody waving a white flag. We're playing till the end. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that's a good point, too. But I think at a certain point, too, if it's – We'll see what kind of Lakers team comes out, Cody. I, I hear you on that one for sure. 
Um, let's move on here. Shoot or pass. The Nuggets will regret losing the game versus the Blazers on Sunday night. Robbie, we'll let you go first. Shoot or pass. Yo, the Nuggets stay out here playing chess for their playoffs. They did this last year, too. And at first I was thinking, I got to pass on this because if there's any time to face the Lakers, it's probably sooner rather than later because LeBron and AD are just coming back from injury and have to reacclimate back to playing at the intensity that's required from them in a playoff type environment. And they would need time to rebuild that chemistry with their teammates, particularly working with Andre Drummond into the rotation with AD. But this strategy got them to the Western Conference Finals last season. They don't have Jamal Murray going into the playoffs this season. Why not control what you can control to gain an advantage? And look, they're not the only ones doing it. The Clippers threw a game against the Oklahoma City Thunder with the same exact intention. So I got to go pass. Yeah, pass. You made some good points. I just feel like the Nuggets, they aren't worried, even though they're down a few players. Murray's big. You're really going to need this guy. I just feel like the way Jokic is playing, you know, I, f- I feel like these guys, they know how to turn it on and they will. Unfortunately, I don't think they're going to win the title this year because I feel like the Clippers are still better and if the Lakers are healthy, they're obviously a better team. But everybody else below those guys, I feel like the Blazers is just like, ah, I'm sorry, the Nuggets are like, eh, not that they're in the office. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on this too. All right, Cody, shoot or pass? Yeah, I'm three for three there. I'll pass as well. And I think Robbie brought up the great point of the Clippers doing the exact same thing where it's just sort of them moving into this rhythm where, you know, we're all sort of at the same point in terms of the middle of that Western Conference. So I I think in hindsight, you know, Denver has got a lot of holes in their offense. And yes, they have the MVP, but I mean, I, I hate to jump on that bandwagon, but it really is, you know, the worst MVP maybe in the last 25 years in terms of being able to take over a game and things like that. I mean, Jokic is just not, Jokic is just not the type of player that's going to take you to the Western Conference Finals. He's just not, he's just not that type of player. He might be the best center of the league, but he is not the type of best center of the league that Shaquille O'Neal used to be. He's just not that guy. So I, I think Denver's, you know, in a comfortable spot. But I mean, I think regardless of what happened against Portland. They're going to have their hands full from the jump in the playoffs. Wow. Whoa, 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 Cody. Whoa. What, what's your beef with Jokic, man? What's no, your beef with Jokic? No, no, no. I got no beef. I He's think... not supposed to be Shaq. No. He's supposed to be a revolutionary big man. And I, I don't agree with that statement. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. Once we get to the playoffs, revolutionary is awesome, but they just don't win a lot of titles. Like, yeah, man, give him the MVP, but you know who else is revolutionary is Giannis. And how many titles does Giannis have? It's, there's a big difference in being this superstar stat-stuffing guy that we're going to be, you know, we're going to rate 99 at NBA 2K, and then you got those guys that could win championships. I don't think Jokic is that guy. That's my only thing there. I have no beef with him. I think he could be a unanimous MVP this season. That's how great of a season he's had, but I don't think Denver is in the top five title contenders uh, in going into the playoffs. Cody, uh, did you did you want to you know solidify an MVP out as the season ended here? Did, did you have one guy to pick? I mean, I, I, I think it's Jokic. I think it's Jokic by far. I think he's done everything that, I mean, I think he could be unanimous. I don't think there's a lot of competition, really. I mean, I love what Chris Paul's done, but I still don't think that's an MVP-type worthy season. I think that's just, you know, how he's just been great. Uh, a lot of people starting to talk about Steph, but I mean, at the end of the day, you're six games over 500, so I'm not going to throw you an MVP. I think he's done everything right. I just don't think he's the type of player that can almost single-handedly guide a team to a title. Facts, facts. All right, all right. Well, let's talk about another guy here and his value. It is time to call it like it is. 
John Morant is overrated. Cody, we'll let you talk here first about the fellow Memphis team here. Shooter pass. Um, that that's tough. I'll I'll pass. I still think we have to remember, man. We're 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 still so young. Uh, it's hard to call a player overrated two years in, and Memphis is just now starting to find a little bit of that healthy rotation where they're getting some other players around him. Memphis has still got a bit of a defensive mindset team, so John Morant just doesn't have the role where he's expected to go in there and take over games like we see other point guards. He doesn't have the same system as a Steph Curry or really even if you go over to you know who he's always going to be compared to, guys like Zion Williamson. You know That's the Pelican style is give him the ball and go, so he's been able to make that big jump this year. John Morant, just, he's just... His size and everything's always going to hold him back just a little. So, look, is he overrated in terms of being an absolute superstar in the NBA? We may have jumped the gun there last year. I'll give you that. But, you know, overrated, I think, is just such a broad term. So, I'll pass on that. I still, I think the jury's still out. I'm looking forward to see what John Morant can do with Memphis in this play-in tournament. I think if he goes out there and scores 35-40 and puts it on San Antonio and then gives either Golden State or the Lakers a run for their money, I think we'll come back and look at this and, and kind of have a different thought process. Facts, facts. How about you, Robbie? Shoot or pass? I got to agree with Cody. He made some excellent points. I'm going to pass. And look, we did see John Morant get absolutely owned by Steph and the Warriors mm-hmm. on Sunday. I mean, just completely owned. You know it's bad when you see the Warriors basically sagging off and letting him shoot. It's clear he has things to work on in his game. Yesterday, I mean, Sunday, he went... One of six from three and seven of 21 from the field. But it's his second year in the league. And I think to call him overrated is an overreaction. Facts, facts. Gabe, shooter pass. Also pass. Great points by both. And like she said, second season in the league. Let's just pump the brakes a little bit. His numbers are pretty much the same. 18 and seven on 45% shooting from season one to season two. And we got to remember, this season was a struggle for most people, for most teams in the league due to COVID and injuries and rotations and you know, the excuses, they, they, they keep going. So do we expect his team to be better this season? Mm, slightly. But remember, he's in the West, and they're, they're top-heavy with the Lakers, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Suns, you know. So he, I think he's right where he should be, and he has plenty of time to reach that ceiling. So overrated is a bit of a stretch. So year two in the league, John Morant, year two in the league, 21 years of age, and he's in the playing tournament over Zion Williamson. So... I mean, I got to give him credit where it's due. Definitely not overrated at all. So, yeah, very good points by all you guys there so far. Yeah, you know what I was doing when I was 21? Uh, getting carried out of the bar? Ding, ding, ding! <laughs> I was scared to answer that question, actually. It's almost like 10 years ago, Robbie, for you. Almost. <laughs> Chevy, don't start. Just move on. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that, that that's that's pretty dangerous for me to say, but... Let's talk about the most dangerous team playing in the playing tournament, and that is the Washington Wizards shoot or pass. Robbie, talk to us about the Wizards. I mean, overall, you got to say pass, but in the East, I would say they are. Above all else, beating the Lakers would be a much bigger deal than beating a Celtics team that's missing Jalen Brown and may have to go with Tristan Thompson as a starting center if the Time Lord doesn't come back. And that's not to say you can completely write off this Celtics team. And, you know, discount the Wizards. You know, we've talked about Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal, even with a strained left hamstring, scored 25 points in 35 minutes on Sunday. Robin Lopez had a great uh, game as well. I know those these. 
I know there's a bunch of playoff teams that don't want to face this Wizards team. So yeah, they're definitely the most dangerous team for the Eastern Conference in the playing tournament. Yeah, I would have said shoot had Beal not been injured in the last few games of the, of the season. But I'm going to go past because even though they're 6-4 in the last 10 games, they lost to Dallas, Milwaukee, and Atlanta twice in that stretch. But those are all playoff teams, obviously, and they're tougher to beat. But um, as far as playing the Celtics, I, I was going to have them as my upset pick of the first round, even though it may not be an upset because Boston has been dreadful to end the season. And like Robbie mentioned, they lost Brown. Um, Smart was suspended. And if he doesn't play, then I could see the uh, which is actually getting past him. But like I said, had Bill not gone down, I would have said yes, they would have been the most dangerous team. And like she mentioned, in the East, sure, I'll say that. All right, Cody, you on the Wizards train, shoot or pass? You know, I think I think there's a ton of pressure that Russell Westbrook's play, uh, that's feeling to really come alive in the playoffs. So, you know, the word dangerous stands out to me. You know, when you're not asking me, are, are they the best team in the play-in tournament? So I'll actually shoot. I do think they're the most dangerous team in the play-in tournament because I think just the way they play, they are a team that's going to really sneak up, folks. And you guys made a good point that they're in the East. I think that makes them even more dangerous because, look, they're not going to play the Lakers or Golden State until way off in the future if that was to happen. So, you know, when I look at the East, there's a lot of really good teams. But, you know, if we see Washington get out of this and then they move up and they win that game against Boston, they secure that seven seed. Look, yeah, I know they got to play Brooklyn and I know it's Brooklyn, but Washington's got some really, really outstanding talent. And this is, you know, we talked about Denver earlier, you know, taking, taking their lumps, taking that loss. At this point, you know, I don't know if I'd rather play Brooklyn or Philadelphia, but I think that's also a really interesting thing that how Washington matches up with both teams. I think technically they would match up better with Philadelphia. So maybe, you know, beating Boston wouldn't be the best thing for the Wizards. Uh, But overall, just in terms of that dangerous word, I I think with Russell Westbrook and the way he's playing right now, clicking on all cylinders, I agree that I would love to see a healthy Bradley Bill. But I will say, I will shoot that they're the most dangerous team in the play in. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'll shoot as well with you guys because the thing is, I'm looking at the one of the hottest teams coming into the playoffs besides Steph and the Warriors is the Washington Wizards too. Um, you know, they started out this season two and ten their first ten games. Their last twenty games, they went fifteen and five uh, during the span since April twelfth. Um, in that span, they they won eight games in a row. Then also Russell Westbrook, he's the all time leader in triple doubles, triple double king. Um, you know, so he's come on strong. That Bradley Beal point is is definitely good, Gabe. That's my little only thing about the Wizards. But still, when you know, quite frankly, healthy, this team is clicking. This is I like teams. I favor teams that are at this good at into the swing of the I guess playing tournament into the playoffs. Um, and yeah, the piggyback off of you, Cody. Yeah, I think they'll give you know the Nets a little bit of a fit too, and we'll we'll definitely see what happens here. Uh, and honestly, this is the only game that I feel where, in a sense, the lower seed can win the game. Um, and I, I might favor to pick the Wizards. So stay tuned uh, for that uh, on uh, Tuesday for the game at BaselineTimes.com at the Baseline Bet. I'll put in our picks there. But um, yeah, I, I think the Wizards guys could be could be the playing tournament successor in a sense. They can see a little bit more success. And, and, and I don't know. We'll see what happens when they, they take over the, the seven seed. If they do that, of course. Um, any, any parting words that you want to give Danny Ainge and his Celtics, Gabe? Uh, do you feel like this is, you know, the end of the week here? I mean, or do you feel like both, both these teams will, will basically be in the play, playoffs at some point 
No, I feel like both teams will be in the playoffs. I just feel like once Jalen Brown goes down, I don't think Boston has any shot at advancing. I mean, they really need him. I mean, Tatum's been great. If you look at his last few games, he's just, he's been scoring like crazy. But the team is not clicking. And like, and like Robbie said, you can't have Tristan Thompson playing the four. You definitely need Time Lord. He's the better defender. He's the better player at this point in the game. And if Smart is anywhere less than 100%, they're really going to struggle. I mean, you can't run out Pritchard or uh, Naismith, you know, to replace that, that, that talent. You lose in Brown. But, yeah, if they lose, you know, it's like, sorry, Danny. And, and also, let me add this. Fire Brad Stevens. You got to fire the guy. Woo. Fire. Woo. He's overrated, man. Fire Brad so Stevens. overrated. Come on, man. Doesn't do anything. Fire Brad Stevens. Yes, fire the guy. Wow. Get him out of here. I don't know, man. I feel... I don't know. Jalen Brown, man. You know what? Jalen Brown's not going to be there. That's ter- it's a terrible loss, man. It's an all-star that they're down, so... I don't know. My high, my hopes aren't too high for, for for Boston. It's not looking too good for them. Well, all right then. All right, let's let's get uh, move on here to the last shooter pass. Uh, sorry, LeBron, Luca, and Mark Cuban. Uh, this week's matchups are proof that the play-in tournament should stay. Robbie, we'll let you go first here. Shooter pass. Funny how they're all for it until they have to play in it, huh? Shoot. It's funny. Our group chat was kind of dead in April and over the past week or so got lit again because basketball has been interesting again was a lot of the conversations in that group chat just us kind of trying to figure out how this playing shit works yep don't even care give me basketball with implications give me basketball that matters we deserve it after the season this has been facts absolutely I agree how about you Gabe shoot or pass I totally agree what she said they all wanted it to start the season until they was close to being in the play tournament. Mark Cuban and Luca, they escaped it. But LeBron, <laughs> you still got to play in it, baby. But I, I think it's, like I said, we needed this change, right? Because everything was getting stale year after year. Teams just resting guys like crazy. Even though that still took place this season with the injuries and everything and, and the management due to all the back-to-backs and three and four nights. So you still kind of saw it. But at the same time, teams were still competitive to the end just to avoid the playing tournament. But I think it's it's good. It's fresh. It's something different. It finally changed the format. And I think it's here to stay moving forward. All right, Chevy, cheap plug here on the new episode of the podcast at 10. We talked a little bit about this, and you'll hear in that podcast why I disagree and I say shoot. I do not like the format. I think the format is silly, just to be pretty blunt about it. I mean, let's look at these top eight teams. We just said that we think Boston and Washington are in. They're already in. That's the 7 and 8 seed. Let's go to the West. You all just said you think the Lakers and Golden State will get in. They're the 7 and 8. If you want to mix up the format, look, why are we playing a regular season? Lord, let's just put them all all in. You don't want implications. Let's play a one-game tournament put them all in. If not, let's change the format and make it make sense. Eight teams get into the playoffs. First round, a three-game series. Second round, a five-game series. Conference final, a seven-game series. The NBA final, a seven-game series. That makes it much simpler. That makes the first round much more important. You can't take a day off. A a play-in game, you should never – this is my opinion on most sports, and I know it's not always true because I've I've done it myself, but we should never have to Google how something works. I should not have to Google – well, wait, so – so seven, seven loses to eight, but then they play the winner of nine and ten, and then they're the eight. Like, I shouldn't have to crunch numbers in my head. 
One team plays another. If they win, they move on, or they take the series lead. It's not complicated. If you want to make it more fun, you want to make it exciting, three games in the first round, five games in the second round. Baseball does this. It works for baseball. There's The play-in format is, a, I mean, it really feels like, look, I used to coach YMCA Rec League basketball. That's the crap we do so nobody loses and everybody gets to play three games and nobody has to throw away $100. Like, this is the NBA, man. Top eight teams make it. We play a regular playoff and we move on. We don't need a play-in game. Like, now look, LeBron's being a baby about it because he's got a play in it. But just overall, the play-in format is really pulled straight out of the YMCA playbook of making sure everybody gets their fees paid off. Like, it's a silly format. I agree that the format needs a little refreshing, but in the end, this is not it. That's just the way I feel about it. So I'll shoot. Cody has been signed by Clutch Sports. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's a good passion to say, Cody. I, I, you know, <laughs> I think I, I remember correctly. I did say that I was cool with what, what the idea is here. It, it needs a tweak. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll call it push on this one or jump ball. For the sake of everything, but you know, um, it to me the seventh seed. It just I don't see a need for it to be at the seventh seed. If we're talking eight through eleven, and everyone's like within four or five games, and see the thing is, last year, guys, like they, it only was the eighth seed, and the eighth seed had to lead the the sorry the seventh seed. The eighth seed had to lead the ninth seed by like what five games or more, right? And the the plan wasn't necessary. You kind of have to go back to that. But I'm looking at the breakdown and the maths of all this. And honestly, quite frankly, in a 70-game uh, season, it, it's kind of meant to be to have the Sandys be so close together. You know, you look at the, the average uh, teams that are winning maybe, you know, the 500 ball clubs, right? They're all in the 30s and, and club, maybe 40 at the most, 40, 40 wins, you know, within the 500 uh, you know, percentage range, right? 50% of the wins. You, you add 12 more games to that and just assume maybe – you know, let's say the Lakers, they, they won 42 games. You add a little bit, you know, five more games to that because let's say they'll win half of those games, those at 12 games. That's almost about, that's basically 50 games, right? Like almost 50 games they, they would be winning. So to me, the NBA did this on purpose. They said, well, schedule 70 games. We know that there's going to be a certain percentage of teams that are going to be fighting for their lives to make the playoffs and a certain percentage of teams that are going to be middle of the pack and they're going to have to battle for seeding. And then your one, your one outlier is the Utah Jazz and the Philadelphia 76ers obviously winning over 70% of their games in the season. So to me, I think the play-in tournament, it doesn't matter in the NBA seeds 1 through 7. Sometimes you do have seeds 8, 9, and 10 all within a couple of games within each other. And that's where maybe the 8th seed should probably be a dogfight for the, the last seed if you want to get in. And just give, give, give the team some incentive, too, that competed in that, you know? I think that's what that's what I'm. I would look forward to versus to see the seven seed in there. I feel the seven seed is, is null and irrelevant. And Cody, made, you made a good point though, man. We all are agreeing seven and eight are going to be in the playoffs regardless. So that's that. I mean, it's and I mean even the way you even the way you just explained it though. I mean, it sounds like you're straight up crunching numbers. Like that's my <laughs> issue. Like I mean, it's it's the playoffs. The top eight teams go, and there's always going to be the next team down. You just want to take nine teams to battle it out. Well, that tenth team, if that was if that was our case, Indiana and the East would be that ninth team. Charlotte's one game behind them, so then people want to include them. It's the same thing with the college football playoffs. Right when we start getting to eight teams, then everybody's going to talk about that ninth team. If we take sixteen teams, well, what about this seventeenth team? It's always going to be like that. So in the end, I mean, it's just much more simple. Take eight teams, 
and then change the format. We, we don't have to add in. I mean, and, and again, we talked about it on the 10 podcast. If it's that big of a deal, by God, forget the regular season. All 32 teams are in. One game elimination tournament. Let's go April Madness, May Madness, whatever it is. I mean, you, you don't have to structure it to be so complicated. Like, I shouldn't have to get a notebook out to figure out who's playing who. That's just my beef with it. All right, let's get into Dribble, Dunk, or Flop, the play-in edition here. This is our version of Mary Fuck, or Kill for this year's play-in tournament. As always, our top choice will be Dunk. Our runner-up will be the Dribble, and the odd man out will be the Flop. Also, if the choices aren't listed, you can always pull a Gabe and trade them off as you see fit here. Uh, we'll start off with breakout players in the Eastern Conference play-in tournament here. Uh, there are three players we've selected here. O'Shea Brissett of the Indiana Pacers, if you didn't know who he played for. Evan Fournier of the Celtics. Miles Bridges of the Charlotte Hornets here. Dunk, dribble, or flop. Robbie, we'll let you go first here. Who you got? All right. I'll start with my dunk. My dunk is going to be O'Shea Brissett. A bright spot for the Pacers who... We just mentioned in the last episode are having a disappointing season after a hot, a hot start. I don't know whether or not the Pacers have confirmed if Miles Turner will be available to play, but if he isn't, Brissett is going to be crucial for them against the Hornets. He provides spacing for the Pacers' backcourt, which will get a boost if Brogdon returns, and he provides help on the defensive end that the Pacers are really going to need versus a Hornets team that's full of offensive weapons. Dribble is going to go to Miles Bridges. I know everyone's going to have their eyes on LaMelo, but let's not forget that this guy is averaging 22.3 points on 49% shooting and five rebounds the past four games. He's turning it up at the right time. And with Gordon Hayward out, they're going to really need him if they want to make it to the playoffs. Uh, with that said, the flop will be Evan Fournier. Um, while I think that he will be a factor for the Celtics, I just feel like the Celtics just need to wave the white flag and call it a season. All right, Gabe, don't dribble or flop. I'm going to start a flop with Brissette, actually, because I feel like the pace is already dead in the water. Now, like she mentioned, he's been, um, you know, a welcome addition to the lineup due to all the injuries. And Turner, she said he may not be back in time. And, you know, he does provide spacing, you know, but his impact's a little bit lower than the rest of the other two guys that I want to mention. And, um, I mean, that's just that. I, I just like the Pacers don't really have a shot at the moment. Um Dribble's going to be Miles Bridges. She mentioned all the good reasons that I would mention. But, you know, like I say, he's improving at the right time. And they kind of need that front court because lately it's been running out Zeller or Biombo. And those guys, you know, they're decent NBA players. They don't have the athleticism the way that uh, Miles Bridges is. And he's a better defender over both of those guys. And my dunk is more of an impact player. Fournier is going to need to step up because they don't have Brown, like we mentioned before in the podcast. Fournier has to be the guy to help out Jalen Brown. He can't do it by himself. He can't come down court jacking up threes and driving to every single position. Fournier has to shoot the ball. He has to score at least 20 to 30 points, you know, per game if they get past the playing round. So Fournier is my dunk. All right, so I'll start with my flop, and it's Evan Fournier for me for the Celtics. Now, if you swap out Fournier and you put in someone like Aaron Nesmith, I think that's more of an improvement to what Boston could be able to do. Uh, Fournier just, it seems like there's, a little bit of that pressure. And Gabe kind of mentioned it. Like, it, for some reason, he's got the mentality that he has to come out and be Jalen Brown. And if he has that mentality, Boston's going to struggle because he's not Jalen Brown. So he'll have to kind of find that game where he just does what's true to himself. 
and also kind of move the ball around. Boston has to play more of a team style to be successful at this point, and that comes down to not just Fournier, but also Aaron Nesbitt having to step up and fill in that Jalen Brown uh, role. The dribble, I'll go to O'Shea Brissett. I, I think Gabe also hit this one on the head where, you know, the Indiana Pacers have so many issues behind the scenes that it's definitely affected the way they play. I think they have underperformed this year, but nonetheless, you're still in the playoff conversation. You're in this play-in game format, but Indiana's got, got so many issues. It's really hard to even find bright spots, even with someone like O'Shea Brissett, who has been that bright spot for Indiana. It's just hard to see him making a big enough impact where Indiana will really have a chance to make a run in the playoffs. I, I think Miles Bridges has to be your dunk here. The boss or the Charlotte backcourt has played so well this season. And if they continue that run, plus they get Miles Bridges doing some breakout things, I think really, you know, we talked about Washington being a dangerous team. I also think Charlotte is a little bit of a dangerous team entering this this playoffs. They're young. They have very, very, very little experience on that entire team of players who've ever even been to the playoffs or made great runs, especially if Gordon Hayward is out. I, I think as a team, though, Miles Bridges with his explosiveness, his ability to sort of play everywhere in space on the floor. I, I think the Hornets are much better when Bridges plays at a high level. So he'll be the dunk, the top choice to be the breakout player. Yeah, hands down. Uh, Miles Bridges is my dunk for sure on this one here. Uh, O'Shea for said I definitely would dribble on. I feel, and then by the way, uh, I believe Turner has been pronounced out. It was a playing tournament game. And um, also, there's no TJ Warren. So. Definitely, you know, besides an important piece for Indiana alongside Brogdon and um, Karis Avert. Um, and I'm flopping on Fournier. Very good reasons, guys. You know, I just don't feel like he's gotten a, a good wind with the Celtics so far. And then all of a sudden now, like you mentioned, Cody, that, you know, if he has that feeling that he wants to be a, a Jalen Brown, he, he's not. And I think that's, you know, you, he's a player that can force shots and, and, and shoot. <laughs> Things that I don't that never liked as a Magic fan, so I could see that Aaron Fournier being my flop for that reason. Unfortunately, I think you know him just kind of intertwining with the roster right now, late in the season, and then the injuries. Just I don't know. The Boston just looks very gray right now. Unfortunately, Celtics fans, we've been beating them down to the grave here. But uh, like like Robbie said, just just wave that white flag on the season. Uh, let's all move on over here to the Western Conference to give you guys our breakout players. We have first Jordan Poole of the Warriors, Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies, and Jacob Portal of the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, don't forget about the Spurs, Gabe. We'll start with you, Gabe. Dunk, <laughs> dribble, flop. Well, well, I'm gonna go flat with Dylan Brooks because I feel like on that roster you have more. You have Ja. Kyle Anderson is actually a better playmaker. Um, after John, we have Jonas Valanciunas. Those are the three guys you have to really have involved to make a difference in that roster. Brooks, he's a good guy. You know, he, he, he's a shooter. So he's going to just score the ball. But I think other guys get other guys involved more often. They're more impactful to the team, more, more so than what Brooks can bring or can provide. Uh, my dribble is going to be Jordan Poole. You know, they need that scoring off the bench. Another playmaker behind Curry when he sits and Draymond, obviously. Uh, the dunk, I'm actually going with Kelvin Johnson. I'm taking out Jakob Potal because the guy's useless. Um, Kelvin, Kelvin, John, Kelvin Johnson, he's the hustle guy. He's like a, a poor, poor, poor man's Kawhi Leonard. Um, block, scales, defense. Um, I feel like he gives them that shot to actually win a playing game. So he is my dunk of the section. 
All right, let me let me start with my dunk. My dunk is going to go to Jordan Poole. Look, Steve Kerr called him the Warriors' sixth man for next season because of the scoring he brings off the bench. He can create shots and get to the rim, and with the Lakers probably focusing a lot of their defensive efforts on slowing down Steph Curry, he has an opportunity to make an impact and give the Warriors a chance against the defending champs. Um, for my dribble... I'm actually going to go with another Grizzlies player, uh, aside from Dylan Brooks, who, give him credit, he was the only man who could contain Steph until he got fouled out for the Grizzlies on Sunday. Um, Jonas Valanciunas, I think, is the Grizzlies player that will have the most, uh, whose production will be important. And Gabe alluded to this earlier in his argument. He's going to be key in stopping the Spurs. And let's not forget, the Grizzlies lead the NBA in points in the paint per game and second chance points per game. And that's a large part to this guy. My flop will be, uh, man, I had to, I, I always screw up this, this man's name. So I Googled how to pronounce his name and it's Jakob Pertle. <laughs> and I probably still butchered it, but whatever. I'm sorry, Jakob Pertle. Not because I don't Pertle, think he won't yeah. be a factor, just because I, I feel like the Spurs <laughs> are kind of dead in the water here too. I mean, the fact that Pop, actually went to the Hall of Fame ceremony to celebrate Tim Duncan rather than coaching a game. I think it kind of shows us that he's over this season, too. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to flop with old Jake Puddle here. Jakob Puddle, I mean, he's he's got a good inside game. He's a very good inside defender, but, I mean, it, it, the Spurs are just – they need much more than an inside defender at this point. So, uh, you know, not saying anything bad about Puddle, but he just doesn't have much of an impact in the playoff format. My dribble will be our, our, our good man, Dylan Brooks. And, you know, Dylan is, is a very good defender, and he's going to really be called upon for Memphis to try to steal that eight seed. If they're able to get past the Spurs, which they should, uh, you know, Brooks will have to have a role, more of a score. There's not really a lot of primary defending. Uh, that'll kind of go around the, you know, with Kyle Anderson and even John Morant. But, you know, let's say the Lakers beat Golden State and we have that Memphis-Golden State matchup. John Morant just can't be on Seth Curry. He, he just doesn't have the body. He doesn't have the build. He's not the defensive player. It would go to Dylan Brooks, and Brooks would have to be his aggressive self, stay out of foul trouble, and just be glued to Steph Curry. If that is the case, then that brings us to our dunk, and that's 100% Jordan Poole. Look, let's not get crazy and say that he's anything like Klay Thompson, but he has done a great job filling that void that's been there at that other guard position. He's a great scorer. He's great at getting to the rim. He's much. He's become much more well-rounded from what we've seen this year. So, you know, it's really going to be caught upon him. You know, it's always been the superstar time in the playoffs, but we've seen with Golden State and Steve Kerr before, as good as Curry is, it always seems like it's that next man for them to have success. I know it's all going to be about, you know, Draymond Green, Andrew Wiggins, how those guys do. I wouldn't be surprised one bit if the Golden State Warriors were to make a run, if they end up that eight seed, Steph Curry's going to do what he does, but for Golden State to have a chance against a team like Utah or a team like Phoenix, it would come down to what Jordan Poole is able to do in the playoffs. So he'll, he's the dunk here. Let's not forget about one more guy on that roster, Juan Toscano-Anderson. Remember that name? Yes. Yeah. I, I, I like it. I like it. Very good, guys. That that was beautiful there for me. Uh, you know, for I personally will go with uh, – yeah. I'll, I'll dunk on Jordan Poole. Uh, I would dribble with Dylan Brooks and Mr. Pirtle Hotel, however, Jakob – Sir, uh, we're gonna flop. You know, he is. Uh, yeah, the Spurs are dead in the water, man. You know, the interesting about the thing about the Spurs, though, <laughs> man, the Spurs are are in this thing, and 
I'm looking up, and they they allow a lot of. They're one of the worst three point shooting teams in the tournament, next to the Washington Wizards. They allow a lot of points in the paint. So I'm like, you know why? You know why? Because DeMar DeRozan. Dinosaur Demar Derozan. I know, Gabe. I know. Well, that's it. That's it. The playing tournament is upon us, ladies and gentlemen. That is the Shooter Pass podcast episode. Your preview here at Baseline Times. Uh, as always, here it was a pleasure. This is Chevy. You guys can find me at Baseline Chevy on the Twitter machine. Cody, go ahead and tease a little bit of what's going on for you at the ten. Oh, yeah. A brand new podcast. It's all just sports ranking episodes. We got some great guests coming on. We already got a couple episodes out. Uh, we ranked the top 10 classic video games. We also took a preview of the UFC show. That got a lot of talk because that top 10 was crazy. And the cool thing is coming up, your very own boy Chevy is going to be on there. and He's going to give us the top 10 NBA MVP candidates here this season. Okay. going to talk about each of them and there's a couple players that may be missing, so he's going to be in there mm. talking a little bit about that. We'll also get into a bit more detail about this whole playoff format that's got me all fired up. That's all coming up on the latest episode of The 10. It's the same place. If you're listening here to Shooter Pass on whatever favorite podcast place you're on, you can find The 10 on it as well. So that's what I got coming up. We also got some great episodes. We're going to be joined by a great podcast crew from Boston, and they're going to break down their top 10 Boston athletes of all time. Uh, we got a great episode coming up where we're going to rank the top 10 Oakland A's of all time because, you know, Oakland A's may be no longer here in a few years. That's all coming up later on in June, too. So we got some cool stuff coming up. Oh, yeah, and that's very nice, Cody. And where can the people find you nice. at? Hey, Cody underscore Gwen, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, MySpace, SoundCloud. I'm on all of them. <laughs> MySpace. That's what's up, Robbie Gabe. At Robin Hood with an H and a Y on the Twitter and the gram. Gabe XL across both platforms. All right, and as always here, at the end, we'll give some shout-outs. Cody, let you go first as the special guest here. Any shout-outs? Yes. Uh, last time I was on the Shoot or Pass podcast, I said some awfully, awfully terrible things about Anthony Edwards. So I want to give a shout-out to Anthony Edwards. My man, I thought you were lacking some passion. I thought your game wouldn't translate. I was wrong. I was wrong. You are a superstar in the making, my man. Timberwolves still suck, and you guys are still going to have a top 10 pick in the upcoming draft. Another guy that's probably underrated or overrated and probably a bad pick. But at the end of the day, you played really well this year. I'm sorry for talking bad about you. I still think LaMelo Ball will be better than you, but you had a good year. I'm sorry for talking so much smack. Shout out, Anthony Edwards. Sorry you're on a team that's going to be awful for the next 15 years. <laughs> I don't, I don't know how I'm going to follow that up. I just want to give a little shout-out to uh, Chris Bosh. The Heat's Chris, Bo Chris Bosh for getting inducted into the Hall of Fame yeah. next season. Um, you kind of gave some love nice. to Vanessa Bryant. That was going to be my other shout-out, but Chevy so eloquently gave her the shout-out to start the show. Show, shout-out to Vanessa. How about you, Gabe? Who's your shout-out, my man? You know where I'm going with this. My guy. Charles Dobronx Oliveira. Oh, Look, yeah. I am Mike Chandler. You can't come from Bellator skipping a line, baby. You know, you had him hurt in the first round, but you have a weak chin. So shout out to UFC guys for putting these Bellator guys back where they belong. You, you, can't, you can't come in here skipping a line, baby. You got to fight people to get to that belt. So Charles pulled it out. He's a new champ. Next match, I don't know who he fights, but it's got to be either Justin Gaethje or Dustin Poirier. Oh, Justin Gaethje, most likely. Cody, you want to comment on that? 
Hey, hey, one hundred percent right, man. Oliveira's had over twenty fights in the UFC. Started his career rocky, stayed with it though. Chandler did jump up in that line, and uh, there's a it's a it's a big change of the guard. You know, USA's out of UFC champions, but Oliveira, man, it, it's always <laughs> fun. To, it's always fun to see those guys that have rocky starts and build up. And uh, you mentioned Poirier and Gagey. You missed the wild card, though, man. No, don't say it. No, One don't win say away. Oh, One win away. McGregor beats Poirier in July. I guarantee you that fight's done by October because <laughs> that's the best matchup that Conor could have in the next three years if he wants to reclaim that time. Let, let me just put it this way. I love when Dana White's golden boys go down. So <laughs> Iron Mike was his next golden boy. He beat Dan Hooker like it was easy. Like it was nothing. So now this new golden boy just went down. It's like, crap, who do I go back to? Connor, nah, that's just gonna get him again. It's another TKO. Just my thoughts. Well, there it is. Well, uh, my last shout out actually is the 2020 uh, Hall of Fame class. Um, obviously, Kobe, I mentioned, was a part of it, uh, represented beautifully by his family. But KG and Tim Duncan gave, I think, you know, you and I go far oh back. God. This is how old we are, man. But that was one of. <laughs> I, you know, it's crazy, man. As old as I am, and and to see them from you know start to finish, and to really be there at the same time, KG and, and Duncan, man, isn't that crazy? Mm-hmm. That was crazy. Those are my shout outs. So I many years of of just and the memories, man, and the shout outs, and how many people they just mentioned it, and you think about the web of basketball and how wild it is, and uh, you know, that was our era that we really kind of connected. And, I, you know, I picked up on basketball uh, a lot where I'm at now. So shout out to the 2020 class. Such a very good class. And then as Robbie, just to piggyback off your 2021 class, inductee the uh, Chris Bosh. Uh, one more point on Tim Duncan. You know how he's been the most boring guy in his whole career. I actually tuned in to see his Hall of Fame speech because the guy never says anything interesting. But I actually enjoyed it, you know, even though he's in a like a midlife crisis or with his hair. I don't know what's up with his hair. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I enjoyed his speech. You know, it was it was good to see him and KG, you know, going together, even though he probably I'm sure KG annoyed the hell out of him over those times they battled. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it, it was it was a good whole thing class. Yeah, was, that was awesome. Well, that's it, fellas. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, we are out of this here the playing tournament we will be back soon of course to uh, preview the playoffs later on this week here as always at baselinetimes.com at baseline times on instagram and twitter gabe send us to the end word